Hello and welcome to the All Things Leeds podcast of the short, the ATL podcast. It is episode 3 and if you haven't heard my voice already, I am Ed and as ever, I am joined by Charles Foster. How are you Charles? I'm fine, thanks Ed. Yeah, a good week? Very good week, enjoyed it very much. Yeah, four wins in a row now for Leeds, it's excellent isn't it? Great form. It makes it so much better, life's so much better when Leeds are winning. It really does. <laughs> <laughs> well of course at this podcast we will be uh, going over Leeds United's 2-1 victory over Queen's Park Rangers at the weekend to make it four wins in a row as I said. We'll also be going, uh, or giving our thoughts on Ian Abraham's comments after he said that Leeds and Norwich, it would be bad for the Premier League if they go up because he wants more English managers in the Premier League. Interesting comments there. Uh, we'll also be previewing Leeds United's game this weekend as the Whites travel to the University of Bolton Stadium. Leeds Trinity University is better, by the way. Um, <laughs> but Leeds, they of course, take on Bolton Wanderers this weekend. And that, all that is coming up. So, Leeds United won 2 1 on Saturday at Ellen Road against the uh, Queen's Park Rangers. Four wins in a row. We're in terrific form at the moment, aren't we? We, we need to be in this kind of form if we're going to kind of keep pace with Norwich, who keep getting these annoying last minute winners. <laughs> but uh, yeah, good, great form. Four wins on the bounce. It's, it's, just, it's superb. You can't ask for better form than that. And only one goal conceded in that time as well, which is, yeah. which is just brilliant. And I mean, it's more than I would have taken from, you know, you look at the past four games. You look at the Sheffield United game and we won that. I would have taken a draw in that, but we're in fantastic form. And I always say it as well, especially in my videos. Uh, all things Leeds on YouTube, if you haven't subscribed already. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I always say it, momentum is key in this division and it really is, isn't it? Well, yeah, you see how Norwich, I think, have won 12 of their last 15. And they've, uh, in that time, um, I think they've lost lost once and they've drawn a couple of times. If, you, if you're picking up win after win in a row, Confidence for the for the senior players. It's confident for the players on the bench who know they're going to come in and contribute. It's confidence for the fans and it's confidence for the manager and his tactics. And it, it just it, it, success breeds success in football. If you continue to win games, you're always going into the next game thinking we're in, we're going to give this a good go. And we're going to yeah. win it. And confidence as well is, is big as well for for footballers especially. But confidence is a big thing for them, and we certainly have that at the moment. We do. Um, admittedly, not not I won't say in every player have got confidence, uh, but yeah, m- the majority of the team have got confidence, and it just means that they're they're willing to try more creative and outlandish stuff, which might lead to some some better goals. Yeah, and as you said as well, you know when you're winning games, it, you take it into the next game, and you're thinking we can win this as well. Um, and it's a great response as well from you know if you look at before the international break, we lost four one away at West Brom, and I, I was I was saying you know, it's a damaging defeat, it's a heavy defeat, and it's going to be key you know for a response, and it'll be interesting to have a look but it's been an incredible response yeah I actually don't think that game was as as bad as a as the 4-1 scoreline would suggest I think we conceded two goals in two minutes which kind of properly killed us off but uh, yeah it, it, we deserve to lose that game we were very poor and yeah. they, they punished us uh, but yeah, you can't ask for more than the players have given us in re- uh, in response. You, you really can't. Yeah, I, I mean we've seen it already this season. You know when we lo- when we lost against Birmingham, went out and won the next game. Um, you know we've seen it already, and you know but this you know losing four one away at West Brom, damaging, and then we go out and win our next four games. That's incredible. But it's like. You know, Bielsa, he has done a fantastic job, not only you know with improving players, but also with the mentality as well, I feel, because 
you know, we saw it last season, the Millwall loss pretty much killed us off. I mean, Liam Cooper said it as well, and it, it, it's a change in mentality for the players more than anything as well. Yeah, we, we were we were spineless last season in, in, the, in the nicest possible way. We were a bit spineless, yeah, uh, um, <laughs> as nice as that can be. Uh, yeah, the, men, uh, the mentality of the team, very strong. If uh, Bielsa doesn't let them get down after defeat and doesn't let them get too arrogant after a victory we're in we're in this for the long haul we're here to win it we're not we're not here to get cocky or to get de- yeah. depressed at every result i mean we have a good team now as well this season mate it, it's pretty much the same team as last season but like, the improvement is so so big and bielsa's just had such a big impact i think a lot of it a lot of the failures last season were the, the lack of marginal gains like we, we didn't have, we never had a proper left back we relied really heavily on Pablo Hernandez to create magic for us while playing two defensive midfielders at home yeah. every, every week and we've got a lot more options we've got a lot more options going forward uh, now and I think we we're, we're just a we're a better we're a better team we're a more balanced team and we're we're able to create more chances and score more goals yeah I mean you know, as you say it's like it's so incredible bouncing back from that defeat winning our next four games such a change from last season and Bielsa said it as well in his press conference after the uh, QPR win uh, that you know it's, it's good teams that win four games in a row you know it's not bad teams that do it it's, it's good teams and we are much more improved yeah we are the, the positive thing is I don't even think we've played our best in these four games that we've won I, 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 we've, we've been good we haven't, we haven't hit the potential the team's got I think where, but yeah, bad teams don't win four, four games in a row in the championship. You just don't. You you uh, if you're putting good runs of form together, you are a good team. There's very few teams in this league that I think are, are genuinely very poor. Yeah, I mean, I'm not like saying oh we're similar to them, but you look at Arsenal in the Premier League. They've gone on this mad run. They've been unbeaten in 16 games, and it's not bad teams that go on them unbeaten runs. It's good teams, and they're much more improved from last season. And so are we. You know. It, it's just incredible to to be watching Leeds United, really. Uh, but let's now properly digest Leeds' two one victory against QPR at the weekend. Let's start with the lineup, though. Uh, B also, of course, went with a four one four one formation, which I was expecting personally, as QPR usually play uh, one up front. Don't know about you, Charles, but were you expecting that formation? Yeah, I, I thought I thought they put the play with that because they they either play Smith up front, don't they, or they um, or they play Naki Wells. Uh, but I prefer the four one four one formation in general. But I was expecting it. Same here. I prefer the four one four one formation as well. I feel so that's our best, our better formation that we can go with. Yeah, I think we get stretched too easily in the three-one, three-three. Yeah, definitely. Four-one-four-one is the way to go. And you know, it's what we used at the start of the season. Went so well, so why not stick with it? Uh, but of course, the uh, big question going into the game uh, was who was going to play defence as uh, Liam Cooper. Uh, he went off injured during our one 0 win away at Sheffield United, of course. And uh, then Bielsa, who revealed that Stuart Dallas is now going to be out for you know around eight weeks, and that's same with uh, Liam Cooper. Uh, we went over this last week in last week's episode, but uh, that was before we knew that Dallas was injured. So all these injuries, especially in defence, it's not good, is it? No, it's it's damaging, um, and it it may cost us. I mean, it hasn't so far, but it may cost us. I mean, it, it's testament to Bielsa as a manager that he shrugs his shoulders and says right well let's just go win the next game with the kids then <laughs> which is just which is just it's, it's, it's brilliant from him I mean, he doesn't let him get that's it get him down but um yeah these uh these injuries have been costing uh making selections a lot easier at the back but <laughs> you'd prefer to have all your players fit do you, do you think there's like a problem with like you know the training regime or something or no, probably he's testing the players too much in training. That's why they're picking up all these injuries. Uh, or do you just think it's you know really bad luck this season? I think it's I think it's a bit of both. I think some of the injuries are I think caused by the training methods. I think like Douglas with his hamstring strain. I think Cooper with his because um, he, he, he did a bit of damage to his knee 
uh, the week before, but I think he twisted his knee as well. So that's you can put that down to training a little bit for stretching him too far. But yeah. these the, the impact injuries of Aileen and Patrick Bamford and uh, Stuart Dallas. I think he broke his foot in a tackle yeah. uh, on the um, in the Sheffield United game. You you, um, you can't you can't blame that on training methods. It's just it's just no. horrendous luck, and especially with it's always been defenders. You'd expect it to be attacking players because they're getting challenged way more often. Yeah, but it's. It's just luck of the draw, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, when they pick it up during games, it's just, you know, it's not our fault. It's the fault of the opponents for, for injuring the players. But it's like, you know, from what I was looking at at the start of the season, you know, you're putting them through free training sessions in the early, but you can't, like, really do that. You know, we've got such a small squad and you can't test them so much when you've got 46 games in the season. Yeah, it's. I think Bielsa's methods would, in, in every sense of, the, of them, work better in the Premier League because there's fewer games you've got more ability to buy more players and his tactics would allow his players... Well, you get more time on the ball in the Premier League anyway. So he, I think he would suit the Premier League perfectly. But um, these injuries are costing us a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you know, I was going to make a video on it, but I feel as though with all these four wins in a row, it's probably best not to make this video. But I'll ask you anyway. Uh, so league table and, you know, form aside... Do you think that having a small squad is is hurting us this season? Like, do you think we're riding our luck a bit with you know with all these injuries that we've been having? Yes, I think I think I think we are riding our luck a little bit. I think we because um, we haven't played ever since we've we've lost a few defensive players. I think I think Cooper's going to be a big miss personally. I think we're going to miss him over the next month or so. But um, um, especially because he's been on better form than Janssen this season. But yeah, I think I think we are riding our luck a little bit. But uh, you can also you could also say that. Look has nothing to do with it, and it's sim- simply the fact that Bielsa makes sure that every player, even the youth players in the in the under twenty threes, all know his tactics and all going to come in at a moment's yeah. notice. Yeah, and I mean credit to the youngsters as well because they're stepping in. You know, Apple Harmy came on for Liam Cooper when he went off in the Sheffield United game, throwing in at the deep end there, and he did quite well. Um, you know, it's credit to these youngsters, isn't it, for for coming in and stepping up and you know, performing as well, performing well in you know what is such you know such big games for them. Yeah, it's very difficult circumstances. I think um, you've got to give a special shout out to to Appleham in the Sheffield United game because that's that is not a nice game. The opposition fans are not there to ease you in, and the Sheffield United have got a good team, and um, and he he pocketed Billy Sharp for seventy minutes basically. I didn't, beyond that chance in the first half, I thought. Shart was incredibly quiet. Shackleton as well has been performing very well in games. Yeah, and yeah, we'll get we'll get on Shackleton yeah. in, a, in a moment. But um, I mean, like I was saying, credit to the youngsters. And I mean, you know, you look at the Bristol City game. People are thinking, you know, it's against Bristol City, we'll win that one. But I, you know, I said it, you know, around that time, it's like that's a must-win game because uh, not only you know do we want to win and stay up there near the top, but it's also. Our response from that four-one defeat, and Will Huffer went in, Howell went in, and and both did well. You know, credit credit to the youngsters where, where it's due. Yeah, yeah, definitely credit. They've uh, performed when we've, when we've uh, need them to, and they've they've stepped up admirably, really. Yeah. But it's just unfortunate that's that's been that's had to be necessary. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm fine with all these youngsters coming in. I'm more more than comfortable, but I, I prefer having a fully fit squad. But it's interesting though because we are second in the league. But we haven't had a fully fit squad all season. 
it, I, I honestly think it's down to the manager's tactics and ability and belief in his players that we've yeah. we've managed to do that. I mean, with our injury list, we shouldn't be anywhere near top two. Yeah. We really should. We should be down in seventh, eighth, yeah. and ninth with the amount of injuries we've had, but we're not. Yeah, I mean, I think it just does come to how you know Bielsa is really that good. Anyway, getting onto the lineup. So Stuart Dallas being unavailable, Jimmy Shackleton came in at right back, and he played pretty well, didn't he? Yes, he did. Um, well, I, th- I think he's more of a attacking midfielder, really. But <laughs> so I, th- I don't think he's kind of yeah, he's, he's bur- playing out of position. Yeah, no, but I, having said that, I don't think he's, he's so his he's bursting runs aren't really out of character for the type of player he is. But yeah, that's, he did plenty. Defensively, I don't think he was troubled by Luke Freeman, who's arguably one of the most underrated creative players in the championship on his day. Luke Freeman's a really good player, and it, yep. I thought Shackleton dealt with him really well. Burst down his side quite a few times, links up with um, with Click and Saez and Hernandez very well. I, I thought he had a cracking game. Yeah, I thought Shackleton played brilliant. He, he was always looking to bomb forward. And, you know, for such a little guy as well, I mean, I think he's smaller than Samuel Saez. And def- defensive-wise, it, it was really good as well. Yeah, you do worry about having short defenders because a lot, a lot of especially de- in this league as well. Yeah, because there's a lot of punting long balls as we yeah, as mid- we found mid- out. Middlesbrough probably one of the best at punting long balls forward for to top players. Oh god, but, uh, let's just not talk about Middlesbrough and their <laughs> team of giants. <laughs> but yeah, that they um, kind of think when you when you look at Shackleton, he's going to struggle at long balls and high balls, but he didn't really. What it, uh, he was superb when it when it came to defending on the ground, and whenever he struggled in the air, uh, Jansen or Phillips uh, helped him out and clean and clean kind of swept up after him. So yeah, I don't think there was any problem with him in there. Yeah, I mean, you know, I was impressed with him this game, but I was also impressed at the start of the season. You know, when he when he played against Swansea, I thought he had good games there. Shackleton really really good player, and it's another example of how you know how good our youth is at the moment. You know, with the players stepping up. Yeah, but I think Shackleton's been. One to watch for a while now. I think Neil Redfern pointed out that he'd be a he'd be a senior player one day uh, a few years ago. So you, you can see that his his potential had been spotted quite early, and he, and he's, he's he's certainly looking like he might he might end up being a a regular player like Calvin Phillips. Could be yeah, could, regular right back as well. Do you think? I mean, you know, he, as we said, he's playing out of position. So are you confident with him playing right back? I'm a, I'm confident for for him to step in while while Luke Aylin's not fit. I'd prefer him. I'd actually love to see him in that. Uh, Mateus click role. I'd love to see him in that role. Yeah, um, imagine that going from, from going from a defender to an attacking midfielder. Well, I, I think his, his his main position is centre mid anyway, and I think he'd be with with the kind of skill on the ball he's got, and he had ninety four percent passing accuracy in the QPR game. So he's clearly got some great passing ability. Yeah, I, I think he'd link the play very well. I'd, I'd like to see him in that role at some point. Obviously, we're unlike in, with defenders, we are inundated with. Huge amounts of centre mids at the club <laughs> got mm-hmm. loads of them, and and we have for the last few seasons got had yeah. loads of centre mids. Probably too many, really. We needed more yeah. defenders and, and forwards, but yeah, I'd, I'd like to see him in that role at some point. Yeah, I, I tell you what, though, I feel as though you can experiment with youngsters. You know, they, they ain't got a position, you know, marked down really in the, you know first team professional football. So yeah, you can experiment with them, and you know, anywhere that you put them, they'll give it a good crack because they want to, you know, show that that they are good enough to be in that first team. Well, yeah. If you look at um, Sam Byron, we used to play him out on the wing, and then he ended up uh, kind of solidifying his career. He's now a now you would never put him in any other position as a, than a right back. But yeah. we 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 played him right back occasionally. We we thought he was too attacking to be a right back, and we put him at right wing. But so yeah, young players you can afford to 
ask him to play in different positions. And Bielsa loves telling players to play in different positions. He made Dallas into a centre mid, yeah. made Phillips into a centre back. He's he, he he loves experimenting and coming up with yeah. new ideas. But it's like what you have to do though when you've got such a small squad. You know, if you don't have other place to play there, you're relying on another place to play out of position. Yeah, I saw a tweet actually yesterday that said um, that maybe Bielsa's experience as international manager means he's uh, because you can't you can't obviously sign players as an international manager you've got to deal with what you've got the Bielsa kind of carries that philosophy into everything he does it, yeah. as in deal with what you've got make the best of what you've got and adapt players to positions you need them to play in mm-hmm. of course though we've got uh, Louis Coyle on loan at Fleetwood and he's doing quite well and we've seen him at Leeds and he's played well for Leeds you know I remember the uh, Derby County game that 1-0 but Superb, we yeah. dominated him and Louis Coyle played really well would you recall Louis Coyle or you know, bring him back in January I wouldn't recall him I wouldn't, but I also wouldn't extend his loan. I'd, I'd have him at the club. Yeah. Um, so he's, he'd, be, he'd be back in January. Uh, yeah, he has got a lot of praise from Joey Barton. What that praise is worth give, coming from Joey Barton, I don't actually know. Yeah. But Joe, Barton played at the uh, in the Premier League for a few years, and he seems like he's he's an extremely steady player at right back in that Fleetwood side. And they, the Fleetwood seem to be up there, don't they? they? Seem to be near the playoffs or in the playoffs. I haven't checked yeah. the league. league yeah, they, they definitely have been in recent seasons, but. Um, you know, Louis Coyle, I think he comes back in January. Um, I feel as though if he don't get in the team in January, you know, with all these injuries, Louis Coyle, he's not going to be out. He's not going to be back at the start of January, you don't think. Uh, so if Louis Coyle, when he comes back, doesn't get in the team, you'd think that it's probably never going to happen at Leeds for him, is it? No, he'd probably put in a transfer request. But you've got the also the point that he doesn't actually... He's not trained in Bielsa's style of play either. He's trained in Joey Barton's style of play, so you'd yeah. have to retrain him. Very quickly, do, yeah. do his own kind of mini preseason, get him up to date with the how the squad mm-hmm. play, and why would why would you bother doing that and risking him in 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 right back when you've got Jamie Shackleton both playing well and understanding how he also wants him to play. Yeah, I mean, Louis Coyle, I, you know, I'm a big fan of him. I'd love him to you know stay at Leeds. I think that we do need him there just so just in case you know someone else gets injured during the second course of the season, we don't have someone to play there. A lot more confident with Luke Coyle being there. Um, but we'll go on to the centre-back. So Liam Cooper being injured. Phillips and Jansen were the centre-backs. And, you know, they're both the decent. But Phillips, he's just awesome, isn't he, playing centre-back? He is, but he didn't have his best of games against QPR. No. Um, he obviously, I think he struggled a bit with high balls, a bit of miscommunication. Yeah, I noticed that. Miscommunication with Bailey Peacock-Frowell, when, you know, when they almost ran into each other on mm. the edge of the box. That was a bit strange. Yeah. Um, but... What, what when it comes to sweeping the ball or picking picking the right pass that there really isn't anyone uh, any defensive player arguably in the league better than Calvin Phillips for picking for picking the right pass. Yeah, do you think we're missing him in that mid midfield role because you know that's that's where he's I feel as though that's where he's best at to pick out them them uh, long balls. Do you think we're missing him in, in midfield? I think we are missing him. Yeah, we are because uh, those those raking fifty yard passes that we saw uh, a few weeks ago when he was. Picking out Hernandez and Saez and Alioski when he was on the pitch of Jack Clark and the, he's starting attacks. I remember against Preston when he launched over the top for Tyler Roberts who ran on and finished it. The, the, he's he's a he's a cracking player in midfield and I think we li- we lose something. We lose a bit of I lose a bit of fight or a little bit of bulk in that midfield when, yeah. we, when we don't have a minute. I don't mind Adam Forshaw. I think he he actually had a, a really good performance. I thought against QPR, he did a lot of ball recoveries. I think nine ball recoveries during yeah. the game, which is very good. Especially in the second half, he was good. But for for picking that pass, I don't think Forshaw's got the got the got the ironically got the attacking brain for it. I think he's a bit. He always 
seems to try and play the, the safe one. And we, we can't always play safe. We're going to win games. No. I mean, still though, credit to Phillips for stepping in centre back into yeah. a back four and you know do, doing all doing okay. Uh, Apple Hamdo, a bit harsh on him. Do you feel? Yeah, you would have thought he would have started in, in centre back because he is the v centre back uh, that that was only available. So would you say it was a bit harsh on him that he didn't start? Harsh, but understandable. I, th- I think. Uh, you want to go with experience. Bielsa wants experience. He, he likes experienced players, and he he doesn't like to put too much pressure on youth, as we've discussed in uh, last yeah. week and week before. Having said that, I thought when Helm came on, he um, to deal with the with Matt Smith's threat, I thought he, he did very well. Yeah, I mean we didn't concede, so you got to say it's a you know job well done. But I mean played okay against Sheffield United the previous week, got chucked in at the deep end. So I would have felt as though you know, seen as though he he came on in that game, did quite well. You you would start him because you've seen that he can he, he can handle it. Yeah, I'd like to see him in the. Um, in the Bolton away game, I'd like to see him at centre. I can't like to see Phillips back in midfield. But, yeah. but if it works, if we're still winning games, I'm um, I'm, I'm I'm happy for Phillips to continue at centre back until Cooper returns. Yeah, uh, Zayes he also started, and everyone who watches my videos uh, will know my thoughts on him. I don't think he's a starter. He looks a bit unfit this season. Yeah, how about you, Charles? Is he a starter for you? No, but I would have him come up, come on. the Earlier than Bielsa brings him on because he often doesn't get on the pitch till sixty minutes. I'd bring him on at half time. Yeah. I, I I really would for I think for either Alioski or for Forshaw or for Click. Um, whoever's having a bad game. Yeah, yeah, whoever's performing the worst. But he's he he does he might not be the fittest, and he, I don't think he works the hardest out of the team. But he he does come up with moments of magic. When he found when he was surrounded by QPR players on the edge of their box and Roof was stood unmarked about 10 yards from goal and, and he picked him out and he was onside and then Ru- it was a poor finish from Roof actually but yeah. it was a, it was a good chance created and um, the intensity in the first 10 uh, minutes of the f- first half and the first 15 minutes of the second half I think we were down to him a lot yeah. starting attacking, attacking moves having said that he I didn't feel as though he had the best of games he didn't have a great game he was a little bit of a passenger and yeah. you can't afford to have passengers in a promotion contention Contended no, team, definitely not. I mean, for me, I don't think he's a star. He's not. He's not with it. You know, with the rest of the players, I don't think. Alioski, he's still started as well. I mean, how many bad games does Alioski need to have before he's not starting? Uh, QPR wasn't his worst game. I thought he was better against. Yeah, QPR better than... against QPR. But I mean, for previous weeks, you'd say drop him. Yeah, you, you go back to the whole experience argument. The 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 Grafton and. I think Alioski actually does the press, the Bielsa press, better than any other player. I don't think anyone can argue that. He does close players down quickly and constantly. More than Roof and Hernandez do, because Hernandez is losing a bit of pace and Roof doesn't really like to do that much running because he wants to save his energy for goal-scoring chances. But yeah. Alioski does do a lot of the, the, uh, the press uh, the press work. But, um, yeah... I, I think it's time for Jack Clark to start. I mean, yeah, I mean, I thought this this game would have been perfect for him to to play in, and I was saying it throughout. You know, bring Jack Clark on. Of course, he came on, but he came on late, and he came on for Pablo Hernandez. But I thought that this would have been a perfect game for Jack Clark. There was that one chance where um, he got the ball whipped to him, and that uh, the QPR defender tried to intercept it, and they they jumped, they both jumped for it in the air, and the QPR defender fell over, and Clark was essentially about to run into a one on one. Because he was he was breaking on the halfway line, it was that period where we had a load of pressure, and the referee gave a foul. And I, uh, I don't know if you remember that, yeah. But yeah, I I didn't think that was a foul. I thought he, I thought he, he harried the uh, centre backs as much as much as he could because we were under the cosh a bit for the last ten minutes. Yeah. 
and uh, he, tra- he tried to do as much as he could. But a lot of a lot of the work in the last stage of the game was defensive. I thought the defending defensive players did well to close out any most of opportunities. And when they did get opportunities, I thought they were, Naki Wells was very wasteful, especially that chance where he had on the edge of the 18-yard uh, box where he just yeah. blasted it over the bar. And he sent that, that, that shot wide, didn't he, as well? Um, but, yeah, I thought Clark was good when he came on. Just a quick word on the subs bench as well. Of course, Bielsa sent his press conference ahead of game two. Uh, he said that Patrick Bamford and Izzy Brown would both be for selection. But Bamford was the only one to go on the bench and not Izzy Brown. And I was surprised with that because Bamford has been... You know, Izzy Brown, rather, had been playing more minutes in the 23 So I was a bit surprised seeing that. Yeah, but I think in Bielsa's mind... Um, Izzy Brown hasn't played senior football in 13 months. Bam- yeah. Bamford was playing senior football uh, two and a half months ago. Yeah, Brown's injuries he was far worse than um, than Bamford's, and um, and yeah, I, th- I think all, although Brown has technically recovered quicker, uh, um, yeah, you'd, you'd like to have your your star signing on your bench, wouldn't you, to bring on if need be? Yeah. But we didn't end up needing him because uh, yeah, he didn't come on, uh, but. I guess as well, you know, seeing that clip of Bamford in training when he's got that fantastic uh, goal. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought it was a bit surprised. But, I mean, good to see him back, though, anyway. You know, Bale's also saying that they're both back for selection. It's good to see him back, you know, especially throughout this Christmas period. There's a difference, though, between scoring a world in training and full match fitness. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah the, the ability to run around for 90 minutes, I'm not sure that either Bamford or Brown have got that yet. I'm sure they'll, be, they'll come on as uh, subs at some point. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to see one of the injured players finally make it back. It seems like there's light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let's get into the game properly now. And with the first half, good start from Leeds United. Created a few chances and uh, could have been 2 or 3 nil up in the first 10 minutes. Roof was very wasteful, I thought. Yeah, um, he had three good chances, didn't he, that he missed. There was one where Hernandez crossed from the right and Roof, he got a touch on it, but he went just wide of a pill. Salioski crossed from the right and Roof just missed the ball. Uh, but then his best chance was when Click's shot was deflected. It dipped down perfectly for Roof, who were 10 yards out. Ended up being a good save, but Roof should have scored. I've got I've got to disagree with that last one. I don't think it was even as much as 10 yards out. And Roof pretty much hit it straight at the goalkeeper. I mean, you, you've got... To, for me there, when you're... When you, I think he was... I think it was, I thought it was about seven or eight yards out. You got to blast it there. Yeah, I mean you got you got to score at least one of them as well, and especially that you know that one where it he um, perfectly for him. You got to score. Yeah, he booted the post after he missed that because you could see he was getting frustrated. Yeah, I mean he missed so many good chances in, in the early stage, and like I say, he really should have scored. Yeah, he he, he should have. I think he definitely should have buried that that click chance. The Alioski one. It was a few yards in front of him. He didn't actually make any contact. And the Hernandez one, he kind of slid into it, but he slid it wide of the post. You understand that because the defender was on him, but he was literally free in the box, eight yards out. You've got to be burying them. Yeah, uh, of course, Ruth, of course, went on to score two goals, but we'll get on to that. Uh, but QPR, like any other team, they sat back, made it difficult for us. And uh, I thought they had a good shape, actually. I was impressed. Yeah, I mean, they attacked more than any other team, but they made it frustrating as hell for Leeds United. And the time-wasting as well. Now, I've got, I've got something to say there. First of all, the referee was awful in the first half. Didn't book one single Queen's Park Rangers player when probably half of their team should have been booked. One for time-wasting and one for a few fouls, but didn't book any of them. So referee were poor in that aspect. Um, but I mean, time wasting. So many teams do it, and it's so annoying to watch. Yeah, it's very, it's very frustrating. I mean, it's it was Peter Banks, the referee, as well, the same referee that we had for the Birmingham game, that ended up having to add on eight minutes added time because they wasted that much yeah. time. I mean, you've got you've got to crack down. If you don't crack down on it, then you, you the game suffers. You went you ended up not playing much football and watching people waste time on purpose and do deliberately. 
kind of gamesmanship tactics to, to try and get round actually playing football because QPR can't match us for as a football team. No, they, uh, but they so they they resort, resorted to long balls hitting us on the break and having two lines of four in midfield to force us out wide. Yeah, because they know that we don't have big strikers, so that they don't have to fear us whipping balls in the box as much. So they're mm-hmm. quite happy to let us go out wide. But yeah, the referee had a bad first half. Yeah, I mean, like you know, with the time wasting aspect, you know, it's so annoying to watch. And I mean, referee just take control of the game. Take control of the game. If you book one of their players for time wasting, the rest of the team stop time wasting. That that the worst. I think the peak of the the, the, the of kind of the the worst bit of the time time wasting was that defender when he took about three seconds slowly swinging his leg into the ball on the edge of the box. Do you remember that? Oh no, he, he was walking slowly towards the ball and then. You know, slow, slowest pass you'll see back to the keeper. And then keeper, when he got the ball, went to the other side of his of his um his uh, yard box. You could see the referee giving him like a million verbal warnings as well, and they weren't yeah. they weren't listening to well, him. Stop they... giving him warnings if they're not listening, and you're giving him warnings. Book him, book him, yeah. So that so they know, and then to stop doing it, it's it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And the worst team that I've seen time wasters. Preston in the cup when they went win a lot after two minutes, then time wasted throughout the entire rest of the game. That was so it's so annoying to watch. It's awful football to watch, and you know the referees need to take you know need to take control of these games and just you know give 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 out a book and then they stop it. It's ridiculous for me, uh, but of course QPR as ever they they would of course go and take the lead on the <laughs> twenty sixth minute. Of course, typical typical. Um, it's it from the defence though. Uh, Naka Wells he beat Phillips to a high ball, and we, we discussed that earlier as well. Phillips got caught with quite a few high balls, uh, but yeah, Naka Wells he beat him. Jankson came uh, flying in to try and win the ball, completely missed it. So defensive error there. Yeah, um, I thought that was a wrong decision from Jansen. I think he should have stood his ground and guarded. Uh, uh, Naki Wells until uh, Phillips had got back to cover. Yeah. I, I don't think. I think if you win that, then you look great. And and Jansen does it on a, f- a few occasions. He puts himself at huge risk, and he normally he normally wins it. He normally comes out with the ball, or puts it out for a throw in or a corner or whatever. But yeah, this time he he either should have gone for, for he should have put his foot through it and and possibly taken a high foot free kick or. Just ga- as in just jockey um, Naki-, Naki Wells until Phillips comes back to cover, or yeah, I'm with you on that one. He should have just stood his ground and waited till people got back. But of course, Naki Wells goes one on one with keeper. Slots it past Bailey Peacock foul. A few people saying Peacock foul should have done better. Not for me. It's a one on one, and you expect a striker to score. It's, it's an offensive error. Is that goal? It's right in the bottom corner. I don't think you can put much blame on Peacock foul for that one. No. It's not his fault that both his centre backs got caught out, and uh, he does dive quite far, but. The, it's right in the bottom corner. Naki yeah. Wells is a is a good championship striker. You can't. Yeah, he's a good finisher. But, uh, yeah, Naki Wells, of course, putting QPR ahead. QPR when they went one nil ahead, they made it a lot more frustrating for us. We were really short on ideas. I felt we were we we we, we were trying to force it a lot of the time. So players like Saez and Anders were giving the ball away a lot. Um, and I think it was. I actually thought the the equalising goal was quite a. I don't know whether it was a mixture of genius from Pablo Hernandez toe poking it into roof. Yeah, or, it was a perfect pick up from Hernandez. Don't think it was a shot. Uh, if it was a shot, then it was very lucky. But if it was just a poke through, then it was good. It, Roof actually looks offside to me. I've seen it back. Roof looks a little bit offside. Yeah, <laughs> but nothing given. No. Nope. He taps it in. We score at the perfect time as well, just before half time. That set us up perfectly, of course, for the second half. And as always, we're much better in the second half. Yeah, these sloppy starts are starting to get on my nerves now. I imagine they are for a lot of Leeds fans. It's not like really sloppy starts. We're usually good in the first 10, 15 but, minutes, but then it's a it's a poor rest of the first half. Yeah, I said sloppy start. It was a sloppy first half in general because we our, our, our heads dipped. They went down when the, when the, when the uh, 
when they scored. We didn't really get back into it for a while. We looked a bit frustrated and worried that we weren't going to get the three points. And you can't be you can't be worried. You're going to go one nil down at some point in some game of the season, and some game yeah. you have to win those games. Yeah. You've got to beat QPR at home if you're going to go up. That's just nothing against QPR. Is no disrespect, but they're a mid-table team at best, and yeah. you need to beat them. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I said, much better second half. Of course, on fifty-third minutes, we awarded our penalty, first penalty for fifty-nine games. It's incredible. It's a miracle. It's a Christmas miracle. Just a little bit early. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, yeah, the the pe- uh, we uh, the, the penalty was a little bit soft, but yeah, I, th- I thought it looked a bit harsh, but. From from looking from looking at, it, I can understand why the referee's given it. Yeah, I, yeah, I understand his arms are in like a weird place, but I mean, I, I felt it looked a bit harsh. But of course, first penalty fifty nine games. That's an incredible start, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Ruth, of course, stepped up to take it, and a good finish from him as well. Uh, yeah, just before I talk about the finish, there was a bit, there was a little bit of an argument uh, between Ruth and Hernandez as to who was going to take the penalty. I noticed they were, it it didn't get. It didn't get kind of nasty, but they were like arguing for at least a, a minute, uh, a minute and a half, about who was going to set the penalty. And Roof eventually won the argument. Yeah. O- obviously, I think he was probably arguing that he's the striker. He needs the goals, confidence, uh, just helping the charts. But um, yeah, and it was it was a cracking finish right in the corner. It was um, yeah, sending the keeper the wrong way, right in the corner, cracking. cracking yeah, penalty. from where we were stood, I thought he was going to hit. I thought he was going. He was going to hit the post. I was about to be fuming, but. Yeah, that's why I was I was a little bit surprised and it took me like a about five ten seconds to start celebrating because I thought, oh no, he's yeah. missed this, he's missed this. I mean, I was surprised that Hernandez wasn't taking it because he seems to be our penalty taker. But again, Roof's a striker; he needs the goals, and of course, you know, goals breed confidence in strikers, and that's that's key. I don't think we have a designated penalty taker, especially under Bielsa, because we, we there just hasn't been a need for one. Yeah, uh, I think that'll probably be decided now. I think Roof will probably take them from yeah. now on, but. Because they're so unexpected, and we, I'm almost disappointed we didn't get to 60 games. That feels like a milestone we should have hit. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, I'd rather us get as many penalties as possible, but you like you like to set records. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a great finish, and even though it was slightly fortunate the referee's given that, I could understand why he's given it because the defender has his arm in an unnatural position, and he appears to turn his arm into the ball to kind of direct it towards the goalkeeper. Yeah. And Roof reacts immediately, which I think helps the referee make his decision. If Roof doesn't react there, I don't think the referee gives that. Yeah, but I still, he scores it. Roof's yeah, second goal of the game, despite the missed chances at the beginning of the game, his second goal of the game, he's a proper striker now, isn't he? Is Roof yeah, I actually thought he only had about a 7 out of 10 performance, and he's still got two goals. So, Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's, he's a 10, for the se- 10 goals for the season, two assists. He's, he's, a, he's a proper number nine now, and I always felt that, you know, last season watching him, when he played number nine in you know a few cup games, and then he played against Forest as number nine. I always feel as though he's much better as a striker than a winger, personally. And now we're seeing it this season. We are seeing he's so much better as a striker than a winger. He also loves playing against QPR. That's six goals in his last three appearances. <laughs> yeah. he, he loves playing against QPR. Yeah, but he, he, he's just so much better again. And you know he's a proper striker now. Uh, but of course we're cruising. Roof has a few more chances that we probably should have scored. We could have scored, you know, we could have scored way more than two goals in this game. Yeah, it could be five, five, one up. 
quite easily. Yeah, like I said, could have been three little <laughs> in the first ten minutes. Uh, but QPR uh, with ten minutes to go, uh, they bring on Matt Smith, and uh, we counter it by bringing on Applehelm. What are your thoughts on this performance, Applehelm, when he came on? I thought he. I I understand why Bielsa did it. I you initially think when when you bring on a centre back on eighty minutes, that's a bad choice because Christensen did that a lot, and we all we, we conceded a stupid amount of late goals. But uh, yeah. There's no more of that indiscipline or inexperience with regards to seeing out seeing out leads, and despite being a, despite how being a young player, and I thought he was very good in the air, and um, yeah, he really dealt with the because when you bring on Matt Smith, we're not a big team to start off with, and we've only got Jansen in there who's six five, and uh, if 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 Matt Smith starts targeting Calvin Phillips or especially Jamie Shackleton, then we could be in for. A bit of a toy last ten minutes, so bringing on Apple Hounds to kind of um, it was, I think, is ex- almost exactly the same height as Matt Smith to challenge him in the air. Yeah. And I think Halm actually won the majority of those, of those aerial duels. I think he won about sixty, seventy percent of their aerial duels yeah. in the last ten minutes. So you, it was clear that it was a gamble by Bielsa that paid off. On the Apple Hounds performance, you know, we didn't concede a goal. Obviously, went on to win two one. So you've got to say it's job done for him. And we were discussing it earlier as well. Going forward, you'd, I, I'm with you. I'd much rather see Applehelm as a centre-back and Phillips back in midfield. Yeah, he's got the experience of Douglas and Janssen in the back line to guide him. He's um, he's, he's very good with his feet and he's very good in the air. So um, He's prone to the occasional mistake, but when you're 20 years old, you can you can iron them out quite easily. And yeah. he'll only get He's only going to get better through experience. I think when people say, oh, I don't, I don't want to play youth players, we need experience. The way players get experience is by being young players and getting played. You don't get experience playing in under-23s or sitting on the bench. You just don't. Yeah. Well, of course, the uh, typical Leeds way, we didn't make it easy for ourselves no, <laughs> towards <we didn't>. the end. <laughs> Nearly the last few minutes, uh, I remember Billy P got fouled. He made a cracking save after uh, Jet Bidwell's effort. It was dipping down, dipping into the, the uh, net, and P got fouled to tip it over. It was going in. It was going in, and it was... <laughs> uh, uh, you initially thought, oh, that that's going to be a goal. It, wasn't, it, it was a hopeful effort, really, but it was... I don't think it was a... A great finish. It was just uh, a, a, a kind of a desperate effort. Cause I think Bidwell's. A, I don't think he's an attacking player. But yeah, that, that was going in, and it was a great save. Yeah. And the, the resulting corner, which QPR took about five minutes to take, then went immediately out of play. In the, do you remember that one? It was just weird. It, that corner took ages, and they were all crowding Peacock Farrell in the box. Yeah. And then they took the corner. It went immediately out. And they, they they wasted like their own, their own time doing that. It just. Bit strange, but yeah. Pico Faldo, see a few good saves in this game. I felt as though commanding of his area a few times was a bit poor. I, I always feel as though that's a weakness of the game. I say it all the time, but uh, Pico Faldo, he still you know, kept us in it towards the end. I was gonna say, goalkeeper's main job is shot stopping, and I've never really had any problem with Pico Faldo shot stopping, with the exception of the West Brom game and the Birmingham game. But he, in all the other games, he's been he's been a good shot stopper, but yeah, he's. He flaps on a couple of crosses again. That is that needs to be sorted. He needs to have someone someone kind of instructing him. If you're going to come out, you need to win it. Whether yeah. it's whether it's catch it or punch it twenty yards, you need to win it. You cannot afford to either miss the ball entirely or flap it onto the edge of the eighteen yard box because some somebody will punish you. But um, other than that, yeah, he had a good game. Yeah, and of course we uh, hold. Held on with a 2-1 win. Three points. Another win as well. Second in the table, though, after Timu Puki's uh, last-minute winner for Norwich kept them at the top of the table. Uh, That was after Bolton (laughs) had just gone down to 10 men. So, Sammy Obi-Obi, Leeds fans' least favourite Bolton player now. You might say that, but 
he has helpfully got himself suspended for the get for, for the next game, which we happen to be playing, and he's their yeah. best player. So yeah. it swings in roundabouts, really. I'm I'm quite I'm I, 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 <laughs> I'm liking the fact that he's not playing the game because he he's a good player. Yeah, but Norwich, of course, last minute winner as as they do. Uh, uh, they always seem to be scoring them now. Last minute winners, t- keeping them at top at the table. I think I said a certain phrase to you after the game about uh, Leeds having been top of the league um, <laughs> for less time than me doing a certain activity but um <laughs> yeah i mean uh yeah so we were top at league for about five minutes we were saying in the crowd as well we were news coming through no it's no it's drawing to all we were singing where Leeds united were top of the league yeah. and then they immediately and scored then Norwich immediately scored a winner and we're oh, like oh, God, uh, but still in a good place though second in the league uh, of course so one point off Norwich, but we're now five points clear of third place derby county and it's incredible isn't it yeah it is good i mean the playoffs has been really strange this year because every single time you think, all right, now they're gonna this lot are gonna push for the top two, three of them don't win. Middlesbrough drew, uh, Forest lost, uh, Aston Villa, uh, sorry, Sheffield United won, Derby won, but um, yeah, there, there always seems to be a couple of the playoff teams always seem to struggle to put together a run of form, which really is helping us out. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm I don't want to jinx us, touch wood, but I'd love that to continue because we we need as, as much uh, being Leeds United, we need as much <laughs> much of an advantage as we, as we can get because yeah. there's always something going against us. Yeah, but you got to say though, second in the league, five points, clear of third. We are genuine promotion contenders this season. We are. I don't think anyone can doubt that. I mean, even Don Goodman said the other day. That the Leeds United there make no mistake they're the real deal and if Don Goodman's giving you, giving a Leeds team the vote of confidence then arguably we could win the World Cup because that's <laughs> the only circumstances in which he would give us praise. Yeah, but, but you, you know you could say we are genuine promotion contenders and title contenders as well maybe. But we're certainly in a good place right now. We're certainly in a good place. Uh, but let's now move on to uh, Ian Abraham's comments. The uh, guy who works for Talksport. He's yeah, also known as Talk. Moose. Yeah, and Moose. Basically, uh, on Monday, he came out with comments saying it would be bad for English football if Leeds United and Norwich City get promoted simply because he wants more English managers in the Premier League. And if these two get promoted, Norwich and Leeds get promoted, it's two less places for English managers to step into Premier League. What are your thoughts on these ludicrous comments? Well, my first thought was to uh, burst out laughing, but <laughs> because it's ridiculous in every sense of the argument. I mean, nothing he says is actually correct. But uh, yeah, it's 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 insane. I mean, he, he goes on to say that the the English managers like Chris Wilder and Dean Smith, who are English to be fair, but also Tony Pulis, who's Welsh, <laughs> um, and and Frank Lampard, that these managers it'd be better for English football if if these managers went up. I would argue that it's not the responsibility of the championship to make sure the Premier League has English managers. Yeah. It's the responsibility of Premier League clubs that are established to hire English managers. Yeah. And it's if they were good enough, they'd be up there. Yeah. The fact that Farker and Bielsa are, are, are the top two in the league tells you they are the best two managers in the league. Yeah. And I mean, like, for one, I don't get why it matters that there's English managers in the Premier League. I don't get it. The Premier League is one of the best leagues in the world. Surely they want good football there, which English managers currently are, are providing. So some of them are providing. I, I, but for me, I just don't get why it matters that English managers need to be in the Premier League. I think it matters for English players to be in the Premier League, not English managers. Because, yeah. um, but of course there's that rule, though, that you need a certain amount of British players in your squad. Yeah, that needs to be, that, there needs to be, that needs to be made better. They need to make it so that you need more English players in your starting eleven, from my opinion, because I think it'll it'll help the national team a lot, and it'll also mean also mean that these 
players like Phil Foden and Jadon Sancho and um, Gibbs White at, at Wolves are all getting more game time and Loftus Cheek at Chelsea. They're all getting more game time, and the, it'll only help the national team. Yeah. I mean, if you if you're under no obligation to play these players, I mean, I understand that English players are more expensive to 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 sign and the more um, and sometimes it's easier just to buy someone who's 27 from Uruguay and is going to bang you in 30 goals a season but it, 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 everyone likes to see a young English talent uh, in the um, in the Premier League that's, yeah. what, that's why although a lot of people hate Spurs you've got to credit them for the fact that they are, they are they've got a strong English base in their team yeah I mean you know English players who are playing good football under a foreign you know manager who's, who's got really good tactics that's, that's what is yeah. yeah but you also in the Premier League you've got Bournemouth I mean Eddie Howe has kept the same team pretty much from when he got promoted out of League One to, to be when he's in the Premier League, yeah. and he, he developed all them English players himself, and he and he's also English. But you also get a lot of foreign managers that develop English talent. I mean, Bielsa and Farker have both developed loads of players, and yeah. given loads of debuts, and given plenty of time on the pitch, way more than the likes of Dean Smith. I mean. I've heard Borough fans moaning about the fact that Tony Pulis won't play their youth players and is sticking to their to their more experienced foreign players. Yeah, and you can't you can't say it's good for English football that someone with the dinosaur tactics of Tony Pulis gets into the <laughs> Premier League. And I say I know that's strong language, but he, he, he seriously it, the longer he is away from the Premier League, him and Allardyce and Moyes and all these other and Pardew and these roundabout managers that they could just continually getting uh, Mark Hughes team <laughs> getting teams relegated year after year without actually trying anyone new the fact that Southampton <laughs> have gone for this this uh, Hassel uh, Hassan is it Hassan Hottel or I don't know yeah. Southampton's new manager I don't want to mispronounce his surname uh, th- I, I, I've, got, I've got a lot of respect for that because even if it doesn't work it's, it's they're still trying it it's something new he, he's, he plays similar tactics to Klopp Southampton don't have that bad a team, and they've been suffering through poor management for for a couple a few years now, and selling selling on the players too much, largely to Liverpool as the joke goes. But <laughs> it's nice. It I prefer seeing foreign managers in who the are prim- playing good football than English managers who are playing terrible football. Yeah, I prefer good football. And it's like we're Leeds United, Bielsa, Norwich, and Fark. You know, they both both teams are playing the best football they have played for years. You know, it's it's fantastic football, and I'd much rather see good football in the Premier League than poor football with English managers. You know, and but it's like you know, Leeds and Norwich. We've had British managers and English managers before, but that clearly hasn't worked. So what's wrong with trying something new, going with a foreign manager with a different philosophy? There's it, nothing wrong with that. No, there's nothing wrong with that. This is the first manager that Farker's the first manager that Norwich have had that's not been from Britain or Ireland. Yeah, it's the first one. So. And he's also coincidentally the first one to set them to the top of the championship since Paul Lambert. So you kind of, and that was what five, five or six years ago now. You, you, you've got to say. I mean, although Farga had a very tough first season, um, although I don't think he's got really got any excuse for that because they had parachute payments and Leeds didn't. But there's no bitterness there. Yeah. Otherwise, strongly, I'm against parachute payments. I think if you fail, you should fail, <laughs> like <laughs> Leeds did. We got no money. Uh, that's just my me being bitter. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, I, 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 I'd love to see Farker uh, and Bielsa take Norwich and Leeds up. Hopefully, Leeds will win the title and Norwich will come second um, and everyone else. But I can I can see Aston Villa making a late charge. Mm. And as much as I'll I, just take top two, though. I'll, I'll take, I'll, top, I'll take two. top two. As, as much as I can actually see Dean Smith, as much as I hate the man for his... Uh, although I did find it very amusing, the fact he, um 
he was moaning about uh, Jay Rodriguez punching the ball in against um, for West Brom against Aston Villa, but he was perfectly fine to accept the the diving at Ellen Road, which won them their their point, <laughs> and the time wasting that even though he moaned about time wasting, but that's far off the point. Uh, yeah, I think he'll make a late charge, but I'd, yeah. I'd love to see a progressive attacking manager. Uh, of whatever nationality they make it into the Premier League. Yeah, and you know, we Norwich are first, Leeds are second. But it, you know, it's not our fault that we're first and second. We're there because we're playing good football, and better football, and winning more games than anyone else in the league. You know, if we're doing well, we deserve to be up there. And the fact that the English managers are up there, it means that they're not doing that well. And why, if you're not doing well, and why would you do deserve to be in the Premier League just because you're English? It's, it's ludicrous comments to me. You've got no right to be in the Premier League as a as an English manager. I no mean, one's got a right to be anywhere. No, you, exactly. You, 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 you need to earn it, and, and you're not earning it by not being in first and second place in the Championship. Yeah, exactly. Especially with the squads that West Brom and Aston Villa have got, they should be running away with this league. I mean, Aston Villa always had a very poor start under uh, another British manager that hasn't done very well in recent years, Steve Bruce. And um, and West Brom have got quite a defensive coach, also uh, in in Darren Moore, who although he's a good manager and he did really well at the end of the Premier League season, despite only having four games to try and save him, and he nearly pulled it off, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, that that would have truly been the great escape because they were terrible. Yeah. I mean, how Alan Pardew was continuing to get jobs in English football is beyond <laughs> me. But park that. Uh, yeah, if uh, Bielsa, Bielsa does. And Leeds do deserve to be where they are. No, no one can say we don't deserve. I mean, apart from Forest fans who are still moaning about that Rufan ball, but that was just funny. And, and yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah we, we we deserve to be there. Yeah, I mean, you know, if we're, if we're playing better football than anyone else, we deserve to be up there. And if they're not, then they have no right to be in the Premier League. And he's saying, you know, he wants English, more English managers at the Premier League, but you've already got four. You've got Eddie Howe, uh, Roy Hodgson, Son Dyche, and uh, Neil Warnock. You've already got them. Um, so I don't see why I don't. I just don't see why it matters have English managers in in the Premier League. I just don't <laughs> and see only it. one of them is actually playing good football, because Roy Hodgson and Sean Dyche. I mean, obviously uh, Sean Dyche got the uh, Europa League, got um, got Burnley into the Europa League, which is a great achievement to be fair, because Burnley are not in any sense a European club because they never performed that well. They never signed players of high enough caliber, so that was good management. But recently. Uh, in the season before they got the Europa League and this season they've been struggling because they've lost that defensive solidity they had. And Roy Hodgson has been has been performing better with Palace recent, um, up this season, but he's still a defensive coach and he doesn't he doesn't play a great selfful and they they rely a lot on Zaha. Yeah. And um, and then you got Warnock who Leeds fans know all about. I mean the long ball, long the ball, time wasting, Sol Bamba, Lee Peltier throwing <laughs> players under the bus. Warnock is oh god. Yeah. And onto the style of place like you know you you want the Premier League to compete with the other big leagues in Europe. Uh, the only way that we're going to do that is if we're playing as good a football as the other leagues in Europe. And, you know, with, with these other managers who are, who are doing well in the Championship, you know, we're playing good football. So, we, you know, I think he'll be better for Premier League. Uh, and on to the players as well, the English players. So, Leeds at the weekend in the QPR win, the 2 1 win, uh, we had, you know, quite a few English British players anyway. Calvin Phillips, English. Shackleton, English. Pick up foul, uh, Northern Irish. Uh, Douglas, Scottish, of course. Uh, Bamford, Clark, Forshaw, Lewis Baker, uh, Roof. You know, it's just a ha- we had so many British players playing, and we finished the game against QPR with four academy graduates as well on the pitch. So it's like I think it's more than any other club in the championship. And bear in mind that Bielsa only signed British players 
to the club. He didn't sign, and it, like most people thought, he was going to bring in a lot of either Spanish or Argentinian or Chile, uh, Chilean talent, yeah. which he didn't do. He didn't. We finally as well. We finally signed players who know the league as well. Yes, um, but, uh, we got uh, Lewis Baker and Jack Harrison, who've got previous experience at Middlesbrough. He got Bamford, um, Bamford from uh, Middlesbrough as well. And we signed a lot of players from Middlesbrough. I just realised that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, we got Douglas from Wolves, who obviously was a top assistant, uh, top assistant defender in the Championship last season. So we signed experienced players that, that know the league and know how to, uh, especially in uh, in Douglas, know how to get up. They know what to do. Yeah, and, and, and they're all British as well. And yeah, Nor- Norwich as well. They had they had a lot of uh, British players: Max Evans, Jamal Lewis, and Ben Godfrey. Just name a few of them. You know, we had the British players doing well in the Championship and playing well under you know playing really good football under under former managers. But yeah, I, I just think ludicrous comments from Ian Abrahams or Moose or whatever you want to call him. I just think it's ludicrous comments from him, and it just reeks of. You know him and Talksport wanting to get the views in. You know, was it fifty thousand views in an hour? It, it, got on it was. It was. It was just trying to look for headlines, trying to get people to phone in. It was. It was a bit desperate, to be fair. But um, yeah. I'll, I'll. I'll not say anything more strong than that. It just. <laughs> it, it came across a little bit desperate. Yeah, it, it, it's just stupid comments from uh, Ian Abrahams there. Uh, but we'll now preview Leeds' game this weekend. Turn our attention to the uh, game against Bolton Wanderers away from home on Saturday. Uh, a bit about Bolton though. So uh, they haven't won in eleven games. Of course, lost their last game 3-2 at Norwich. The 23rd in the league table, second from bottom on 18 points, one point from safety. Charles, just like the QPR game, you'd expect three points. You would, but it's the championship, isn't it? So, <laughs> I mean, the, by all accounts, they put up a, a good fight away at Norwich. They really they went from coming back from 2-0 down to, draw, to almost drop. They scored in the 88th minute. They almost drew it to all. Um, you've, got, you've got to kind of say that they... They're no pushovers, and they've got the kind of siege mentality at the moment in the fact that they're kind of bit them against the world because the players aren't getting paid. The manager might be going off to um, Reading. There's rumours that Phil Parkinson might be going to Reading. So you'd you'd expect three points. They're in a bit of turmoil at the moment, but it's an away game to a club that's struggling for points. They're going to put up a fight. It needs to be a professional performance of the lads. We can't afford like a lackadaisical performance or. A, a casual performance. We need to we need to go down there, get an early goal, put them to the sword, get onto Villa. Yeah, I mean, we, we, it's key that we need three points. You'd expect three points, but you know, there's never an easy game in Championship. I mean, like I say, we do need to perform well, but it is a, it is a game that we must win, though, especially if considered that you know we do have a trip to Aston Villa before Christmas. Yeah, it, by all means, that we uh, the uh, the weekend give, give them respect, but punish them really do try and get, try and get a couple of two or three goals build up some confidence for the Villa game and then if we get three points against Bolton then you'd, you'd argue that the Villa game's a free hit anything we get from the game is a positive because Villa Park is a tough away day I mean I think in the Monk season we got with a 1-1 draw with the Janssen goal and uh, last season I think we lost uh, 1-0 but it but now they're a, they're a much more attacking team they're scoring tons of goals They've I think they've overtaken us for second place for most goals scored um because they got that mad five all draw against um <laughs> against Nottingham Forest, which is yeah. a bit strange. And uh this they won four two against Birmingham. So they can score goals but they the they're suspect at the back. I think we can punish him. If we put pressure on that back line, we'll, I don't think we're gonna get some joy. But of course, you know, we said it earlier how Fuz goes back in centre back, Phillips back into midfield, Phil's are missing him there. Um does Aie still start for you on, on Saturday? Um 
I'd, li- I'd like to say yes because I like his creativity and the last time we played Bolton in the Cup I thought he punished him I thought I saw a few tweets from Bolton fans last last uh, time we, we played him in the Cup and he, he was superb in that game he scored in that game obviously he hasn't scored in the league in oh, I think over a year now but he scored in that game and I think um, yeah, if he, if he gets some of his confidence back, I think he can be a real player. Yeah, uh, who who go out for you though? If say, if Saez is going to start, because like I said, you know how back and sent back, um, Phillips back in midfield. So who who'd drop? Who'd get dropped? I mean, I don't like I don't like saying this because he had a good performance, but I think it has to be Adam Forshaw for me. Yeah, I, I, I like Adam Forshaw. Mattel's click. He didn't he he didn't seem too good. Um, no, he's game. not been brilliant recently, but he had a couple of one touch passes which laid Shackleton on and laid Roof on and. It was kind of, and he he forced the, probably the arguably the best chance of the game that we didn't convert. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I I I would start size, um, but for, for me, I won. I, I feel as though he'd make an impact off a bench for me. Yeah, I, I don't think he's a starter. Jack Clark though, does he start on Saturday finally? Because I mean, like I said, you know, it's a hard trip away at Bolton. But would you would you start Jack Clark? I would start Jack Clark. Yeah, yeah. I would because he's. Um, the, the, they've got a lot of free agents in their team, a lot of aging players, a lot of experienced players. I think, um, oh, it was the ex Leeds player that signed for them, um, Luke. I swear, I said that he ex Leeds. He, he uh, released him last season. He signed for them. Luke Murphy. Luke Murphy signed for them. Yeah, Bolton. Yeah, he plays for Bolton. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You, you wouldn't know that, would you? No. That went under the radar entirely. But yeah, Luke Murphy does play for Bolton. Wow. Uh, but yeah, we're not previous five meetings against Bolton. Do you see that changing? No, I don't. I really don't. I think we've got to win this game, and I think we will win this game. Yeah. And I think it was. Uh, do you make a prediction? Yeah, give us a prediction. I think it'll be two 0 leads. Two 0 leads. I'll go with. I'll go with three one leads. I'm confident. I think we'll score a few. Uh, you think Bol- we'll concede though? Bolton seem to be they're not the best of teams. I think we'll concede though. Yeah, Bolton. You know, they, they always seem to score goals. So. Yeah, they've got the they've got the argument with the the best player out in Samuel Miobi, and the, I I don't can't see him punishing us really. I think they'll sit back at, even though they're at home. I think they'll sit back. I think they'll try and do what QPR almost managed to do, which is nick a point off us. Yeah, um, I, I can see that happening. I think they'll play a. Probably more than likely a four four two and just trying to squeeze us out of the game, which which might work for initially, but hopefully we'll find a way yeah. through it. Yeah, well, that, that's our predictions. You know, like I said, we you know it's, it's, we need to win this game considering the uh, away trip to Aston Villa, but we think we will win this game. We feel we'll we'll, we'll make it six wins out of our last six meetings against Bolton. Now I'm very confident of that. Uh, but that, of course, brings us to the end of this podcast. Uh, thank you very much to everyone who has uh, listened and uh, thank you for downloading and listening. Uh, we really do appreciate it. Thank you to Charles as well, of course, for joining me as ever. Thanks very much for having me, Ed. Yeah, and uh, don't forget to uh, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Spotify uh, if you haven't already. Give us a five-star rating as well on iTunes. Uh, make sure to subscribe to the All Things League YouTube channel as well. Follow us across all our social media platforms. I uh, really do appreciate it. And uh, share the podcast as well because it, it helps us out very much. Uh, we don't know if there'll be... Oh, no, there is a podcast next week. I, I've sorted it out. We're going to be down at the Popper Sports Studios next week. Exciting. Oh, well hopefully we are he hasn't given hopefully. me the uh, proper thumbs up but hopefully there will be a podcast next week but if there isn't though then let me say Merry Christmas to everyone Merry Christmas to you Charles Merry Christmas to you Ed and everyone listening yep yeah, and uh, but yeah like I said yeah, if you enjoy if you the podcast make sure to subscribe like share do whatever help us out and uh, yeah we will uh, see you next time <laughs>